Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. We are live tonight at Lake Monster Brewing for our first test run before the uh, the live draft show. So we got a lot to cover. Zadarius Smith, uh, Tyreek Hill, even though that's not really Vikings news, we'll chat about that too. So go get your Lake Monster beer and join us for a fun evening. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am your host, Matt Anderson, and tonight, as I mentioned in the pre-show, we are live at Lake Monster Brewing here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Ortega, uh, another climb in the pocket you all love and know, Miles Gorham, and tonight we have Matt Lang from Lake Monster Brewing. How are you tonight, Matt? Doing great. Glad to have everybody here at the brewery. Fantastic. Um, we got a lot to cover, but I think first and foremost, I'm seeing a lot of beer on the table here. Uh, so let's just kind of go down the line. We'll start with you, Miles. How are you doing? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, and we'll just start there. But honestly, I'm awful with names. Matt, I'm probably going to need your help with like the names of the beers. I have the Stout. Which one is that one? That would be the uh, Irish stout, probably. Yep, yeah. Yeah, so we had that just on for uh, St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, or a vanilla stout, maybe? Is that? Oh, there's a, there's a pastry stout. That's it. Chocolate vanilla That's, that's the one stout. I have. Yeah, yeah, that one's good. And then I have a Shipwit. It's like a Belgian-style beer. It's really good. Yeah, it's got some lingonberries in it, hence the pinkish color. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really good. That was a collaboration with our friends at uh, Wooden Ship Brewing Company in Linden Hills in Minneapolis. So, yeah, Monster Ship Wit. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, I I have, I think it's one of my favorite here. It's uh, it's depth charge, but you have you have another depth charge. Can you tell us about that? Well, the, so the depth charge juicy IPA is the one that you you're drinking there. That's a flagship beer that we have. Um, Citra hops in there. Idaho Seven, Amarillo Strata. Some of my favorite hops. It's just a really solid, balanced IPA. Let's go. Let's go, Ryan. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm um, drinking a raspberry sour. Uh, very, very good. I've had it before and had to go back to it. I also have queued up uh, the, the mid-shipwreck um, because I do love Belgian-style beers, and, <laughs> and it is very – I had a sample of it before I tried it, and it was very, very, very good. Yeah, It's good to have a backup. <laughs> Always. Um, Dave, the, the, uh, I can't really see the comments too well, so you're going to have to help us out. Uh, with any comments we should potentially address this evening. But before we get to get going here, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking my very last Lake Monster Brew. It's an Insanity Pale Ale. It's outstanding. Well, that kind of fits perfectly into the conversation, then, because uh, I want to talk first about Tyreek Hill today, and it's insanity what he was traded for. Uh, to the Miami Dolphins. A first, a second, I believe a third, right? Uh, fourth. Fourth. Okay. And a fourth and a sixth next year. So we don't have to linger too much on the Tyreek Hill uh, speculation here, but I do want to talk to you guys about Justin Jefferson because we've seen Devontae Adams get shipped off for picks and get paid big money. We've now seen the same with Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill. Uh, or Tyreek Hill, thank you. God, I've only had four sips of this beer um, with Tyreek Hill. And so, I mean, 
I guess when we think about Justin Jefferson, who's eligible for an extension next season, what should the Vikings do with him? Is is it is it crazy to start thinking like maybe we should trade him? Are we talking about potentially paying a wide receiver after we bitched and moaned for years? After we bitched and moaned for years about paying a quarterback big money, are we then going to turn turn around and pay our wide receiver big money? Whoever wants to take that, you you can go with it. You saying the words trade Justin Jefferson probably isn't going to go over well. Um, no, <laughs> not at all. Well, I think I think with where the Vikings are at. Long term, long term cap wise, Justin Jefferson fits into into a situation where you could pay him a lot of money. Now, what we don't know is the obviously the long term situation of quarterback. That we don't need to get into that right now because this is about Justin Jefferson. But there does have an like a ramifications from that. So if you're going to pay a wide receiver thirty plus million dollars a year, which Justin Jefferson's going to get, it's not even going to be close. Like he's he's going to become the highest paid wide receiver in, in football. Like it's just facts at this point. Um, which he deserves. I, th- I think he's played for that, that potential. He's still only 22, 23 years old. Um, he'll be even be in his prime yet. Um, That's the, absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, but it's like it was like Daniil Hunter. Like He was super young coming in. You were like, how how's this dude only 20, 23 in his like, fifth year in the league? It's, it's super wild. But um, the Vibes will have tough decisions to make down the road, but one, tough, one, one situation that's not tough and one decision that's not tough is Justin Jefferson. Like, He's the face of the franchise. He's the guy you build around. He's the guy that you you focus on long term. And if you have to pay him thirty, whatever, I don't even. It's so hard to speculate what that number is going to be. But it's going to be north of thirty dollars, thirty million dollars per year. So um, when you think about it that way, you're just like, you got to get it done because he's just a cornerstone player. Well, and one th- one thing you've talked about before um, is that Quasi and Kevin O'Connell. I, you know, Kevin O'Connell's not doing the contract. It's it's, it's Quasi <laughs> and Robert Brzezinski here. Uh, they are kind of setting themselves up uh, yeah. for this Justin Jefferson extension. 100%. Yeah, the Vikings are setting themselves up for major cap space after 2023. As we've seen, the, the moves that they've made now, the restructures, and then obviously the signing of Zadarius Smith, which we'll get into, they've pushed more money into 2023 that they hadn't done before, right? So they, they had a lot of cap flexibility heading into 2023, heading into this offseason, Obviously, they extend Kirk Cousins. That's thirty. Well, I think it's like $36 million next year. So that's an extra $36 million on the cap that wasn't there before. Um, and then, obviously, you have other guys like Zadarius Smith, and we don't know what the structure looks like yet. But, and then you have other guys that they push money into, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith. Um, so there's more money into 2023. But all those guys have outs after 2023. So there's a lot of long-term flexibility after that, which I'm assuming is set up for a Justin Jefferson. And, um, yeah. Well, and as and one of our viewers say, factor in the caps situation here. We, we Devontae Adams is on his second, or this will be his third contract. Third now. contract. Yeah. Um, Tyree kills on his third or fourth, because like, I know he kind of he was a weird situation. I think so. Um, you're going to pay Justin Jefferson on the first or on his second contract. Cap goes up for everybody, Crockett. Just want to yeah. let you know that the yeah. the cap doesn't just go up for one team. <laughs> True. So like you're you're gonna pay you're gonna pay your rookie or like uh, onto a second contract you're gonna want to pay that right because he's your young superstar Devontae Adams Tyree Kill they're starting to age again I'm not sitting here saying that they're busted or that they're old or that they you know they're they're both younger than I am but you know they're they're getting old in football years right so um, you know you might as well try to accumulate as much capital as you can given yeah. those teams cap situations currently. Well, it's, sure. it's interesting you brought up Justin Jefferson talking about uh, in the context of Tyree Kill and 
Devontae Adams. I thought you were going to go the other direction and talk about how Justin Jefferson kind of paved the way for those trades with the Stephon Diggs trade. Oh, that's, a, that's look, a solid point. They're looking at what we do with Stephon Diggs, and they're saying, we don't need to pay this guy. We trade this guy. We draft somebody in the first round. We don't lose a step. We maybe get somebody who's better. Mm-hmm. Now, are all the first round, round wide receivers <laughs> going to be as good as Justin Jefferson? Maybe not. But I honestly think that that's Packers are probably looking at the books saying, all right, we got to pay Rodgers this ungodly amount of money. The high, you know, he was the highest paid quarterback in history for a minute, just like Devontae Adams was the highest paid <laughs> wide receiver. It always lasts for a minute. For a minute. Yeah, exactly. Until the next guy gets a contract. Um, I, yeah, I think Cousins was the highest paid for a minute. Everybody was. But uh, I think they looked at, at what we did with Diggs and said, well, if we want to save a little bit of money, we'll ship Adams up the road and we can save and, and get somebody in the draft. It's supposed to be a pretty deep wide receiver draft. So I think both of these teams honestly looked at Justin Jefferson as a template for what they were doing. That's a solid point. And ironically now, uh, Stefan Diggs is underpaid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he now looks like a bargain along with Cooper Cup. So Yeah, wait two years and everybody's underpaid. Well, and, and to be honest, if you look back at that situation, the Vikings didn't get enough. First, Stephon Diggs. Uh, Devontae Adams just went for a one and a two. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill just went for a, and, and got paid. Yeah. Went for a one and a two for Adams. And then you got uh, Hill one and two, a four, future four, and a future six. And both those guys just got thir- like 28 plus million dollars per year. Stephon Diggs got traded for a one, a, what is a one, a four, one a, and a four. seven, one and four, a four, six? One, four, six, I think. One, it was four, six. A, but it was a future four. So, yeah, at the, right. at the time. And so, you look at it, how good Stephon Diggs is and his current contract that still has two more years left. Yeah, that was a. The, when I look back at the Bills' decision to make that move for them, that in itself was a steal because they got a player that was hitting their prime, that was hitting his prime under team control for five more years. Yeah, and the Vikings didn't get enough. <laughs> well, but, but they could have used that pick to take Justin Jefferson. They could have, but yeah. but that's the part is well, I guess that's no, the, no, we were the first pick, right? We are the first pick. The Bills were the. No, 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 that was theirs. That was, that was theirs. theirs. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. but that's the difference: is you, it, it's so unknown. You don't know how the board's going to yeah. fall when you can get a, an elite, proven player like that, like an, a Devonte Adams, for example. I'm a, I'm a huge Devonte Adams fan. I'm so glad he's out of Green Bay because I can finally like openly root for him because I just think I think I I think he's been the best receiver in the NFC North for what five plus years now, and so um, I'm excited that he's not in Green Bay. But like when you can trade for a known elite commodity like that. You're getting elite, an elite return. Like long term, it might not be great for the Raiders, but for the next two to three years, you're you're probably getting elite level play, just like what we saw with the Bills. And I just uh, Tyree Kill, I'm not sure because what we don't know is what that offense is going to look like with Tua and and Mike McDaniel. And, and I also don't believe Mike McDaniel's is a real like head coach. <laughs> like I think I think this is like a a global. He's like he's like a co- a coach version of you. I'd so. love him to be our coach. I'd love that, him to be our coach. Would you? Yeah, some guy who's fun like that smokes like, a lot break, of weed, does, breaks does, 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 the norm, yeah. smokes weed. Yeah, like I love that. Let's see what is. Let's see what on the field looks like. Um, <laughs> speaking on the field, the Vikings made another uh, splash signing. I guess the first splash signing, but another signing in free agency uh, just the other day. Uh, Zadarius Smith is now a member of the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings, moving from Green Bay over here. Uh, battled some some back injuries. Um, did come back for the playoff game, which uh, I think Quasey mentioned today that maybe people yep. forgot a little bit. Um, but, uh, Ryan, I'll toss to you first. Uh, I actually think I need to go get a beer again. I, I told got, you. I, I told I you. I should have got one before. But, uh, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts uh, on the Zedarius Smith signing? And then uh, why don't you toss it to somebody else when, when I'm gone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I, 
I want to like make sure that I'm trying to stay as positive as possible because apparently the show is really negative last night. Um, <laughs> guilty, so, guilty. So you know, when when thinking about this this signing again, it, it was a great signing. I think in terms of just the fact of you're getting a guy who plays the position three, four outside linebacker can put his hand in the dirt if needed on like in the nickel situation. Uh, but, but specifically he's going to be playing a lot of, you know, three, four outside linebacker. He's had experience doing that when healthy, he's one of the better, um, you know, true pass rushers in the league. Uh, and it coupled that with Daniel Hunter, you're going to have a really, really, really good tandem. Um, with that. And, and then of course he knows the coaching staff. He knows what the coaches are trying to accomplish, uh, what they need to do. So like, again, it's a good signing from that perspective specifically where I'm going to go a little negative is that you're paying $14 million, which is a lot of money, right? For a 30 year old. Well, he'll be 30 years old in the first week of the, after the first week of the season. So he's 30. So a 30 year old who's coming off of an injury and you're paying $14 million going back to, and something that's com- like, that's been a, a complaint, I think for a lot of people, um, in the Vikings community is that we're a very top heavy aging team. And this didn't reverse that at all, right? Like we're paying a guy his third contract going into his thirties, $14 million a year, which again is not chump change. Again, is he with Yes. Is he a good player? Absolutely. But it goes against kind of what we're trying to accomplish with, um, you know, well, I guess I don't know what we're trying to accomplish. I'm not a GM. Uh, I'm not Quasi, <laughs> and I haven't had conversations with Quasi. But what I would envision is we're trying to probably get off of these aging veteran high-dollar contracts. So it didn't make a ton of sense to me from that perspective. But on the field, what he brings to the team absolutely makes a lot of sense, and I'm really excited to watch him play. Matt, Matt, what did you think? Well, I guess I'm trying to figure out exactly what their what their objectives are short-term and long-term, right? Like, how competitive do they want to be? What you know? It, it, I was surprised by it because I didn't think we were going to tank necessarily, but I didn't know how how competitive that they were trying to be short term versus long term. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think part you know right now, especially with the Green Bay Packers bleeding talent like Zadarius Smith and Devontae Adams, I don't know who at this point Rodgers is going to throw the ball to. The, you know the NFC North. Alan is, Lazard. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm sure there's some other like former Badgers that are on the street that they can pick up or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the NFC North is wide, wide open. The NFC is pretty wide open, frankly. Um, can we make a run with this roster? I mean, I don't know about that. But yeah, it's a, oh, thank you. It is, a, it is an open question to me what exactly, because going into this, I kind of thought we were trying to, like you said, trying to get off some of these contracts, stay competitive, but kind of, they're looking toward the future more than the present. And this felt like more like a present tense yep. contract. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused by it. Yeah. So one thing I will say is crazy even said today, they're kind of in a, a competitive rebuild, which I think is, it's an interesting way to phrase it, but it soft makes rebuild soft. Rebuild. Yeah, yeah. But it make it kind of makes sense. The second they decided to bring her cousins back and then also bring back everybody else. This was kind of the, the like next move. You had to make some, you had to make an impact move on the defensive side of the football because the defense has been really bad and we know that. And so you couldn't rely on another, you know, Everson Griffin situation. You couldn't rely on, um, Steven, Steven, whether he's gone, but, um, uh, DJ Wanham, like you can't rely on a few of those, those guys. You needed to bring in an impact pass rusher. And we know how much an effective pass rush can do to impact a game. And this defense specifically 
this new three, four hybrid type defense is, is really predicated on pass rush. And so getting a guy of, of that level at, at that number, which I, I'm with you, Ron, I, th- I think it's a slight overpay in the, in the fact that he's going to be 30. He's coming up injuries similar to like Daniel Hunter. Like you're taking a big risk with a Zadari Smith, but when he is healthy, he's an elite level type of, of edge rusher and player. So, and that's why it's not an overpay. Like and, that's and, why it's well, not an that, overpay. That's why you're it's exactly. Just, it's just, are we in that position? And, and I, I, wanna, try, I, wanna, I think they're trying to real quick. I think they're trying to get to that position for because sure. I think they know that there is, there is a top end talent on this team. And so if they can fill in some of the cracks, I think they hope that coaching and everything else can kind of make up for some of the other deficiencies. So, so two things real quick. So, we, we've seen kind of the free agencies start to play out, right? And going into like the trying to be um, competitive and but try to also get younger, right? You have like a Lorenzo Carter and a Okoronkwo, right? You know, both of those guys make less than what Z- we just paid Zedaria Smith combined, right? So those guys are on their second contracts, 26 years older. So I think Carter might be even 25. You know, is that a better route given the state of the team, adding more depth? and still a quality talent versus going all in on one guy and get, you know, and, and again, what happens if he gets hurt? We don't have depth. We have DJ Wanham who's never played three, four outs on linebacker. So, you know, th- that's yeah. where I'm like, okay, was this the best decision? Could we have made other decisions? Those guys signed other teams before we had maybe a chance to offer. So you just never know the, the dynamics of what's actually happening behind the scenes. One, one thing I want to say about that is I, I kind of mentioned this last night in, in the huddle is I think, in, like they wanted to find that impact edge rusher opposite Daniel Hunter, um, so they went out and spent for it. Which okay, but now I think the the approach you mentioned of adding bodies and having depth, I think they're going to do that at corner. I think yeah, I think they view they their. I think well, they have to for one, but I think they view their their overall like scheme and coachability as the like difference difference maker. Last year we saw the Vikings take a similar approach with Patrick Peterson and Brashad Breeland, but I think the issue there was. They were relying on three players to effectively play all the snaps, and I think that that and it's and you're you're hoping for guys like I think Patrick Peterson played well, but he was also expensive, and I think so. I think one when you have a, a, a cap crunch the way the Vikings did, and do so, I think instead of taking the approach of spending ten million dollars on two corners, maybe you spend eight to ten million million dollars on three cornerbacks, and then you still you still address it in the in the draft, which. The Vikings did not do last year. They did not. They did not address, address the cornerback position in the draft, even after the fact that they knew that Jeff Gladney's situation was coming. I know. I know. We don't need to get into the Gladney situation because we, he's with Arizona now because of all that. All that situation. I don't know the full details, but basically, he was exonerated, and um, he's he's in Arizona now. But um, with that situation, I, I kind of would would have liked to see the Vikings last year take a take a shot at a corner. They didn't, and so now what they have to do is add multiple bodies veteran bodies now and in the draft but if you're going to do it go that route then why not go the let's get like three guys for eight to ten million dollars and then still focus high high in the draft so that you're focusing on the short term and the long term not just focusing on the short term Bashad Breland's not uh he's he he doesn't count for you as like going uh to get some cornerbacks is, is he coming back <laughs> no I'm just messing with <laughs> I know I know um, um, hey, real quick, I just want to just touch base quick on something that Matt had said earlier. You're going to have um, to clarify which Matt for the listeners, so, by yeah. the way. My he bad. pointed. I, I did point. <laughs> you know, I did point. Um, it, you know, so Matt had brought up, you know, like a soft rebuild, right? Like what are the, what's the direction of the team? And then we had in the comments here, somebody wanted to address um, 
Crockett wanted to address um, Quasi saying, we want to live in both worlds, <laughs> plan for today and for tomorrow, right? So again, in, in Miles, you kind of brought that up earlier. What what are our thoughts on that? I mean, obviously we've seen we've seen this regime or this past regime, right? Spielman essentially been trying to do this plan or this this uh, methodology for years, and it's not really working. But we've also seen teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens be very very successful doing this. So what's yeah. our what's our thought process on on this actually? Um, you know, just how how we're going to approach that in in his methodology of thinking that way like what are your thoughts on that man like yeah it's interesting i mean it it works and it doesn't work sometimes i mean you can be you can be the buffalo bills and be sort of semi competitive you can make playoffs with tyrod taylor and then you luck out on a josh allen and next thing you know you're you're in the top echelon of the league you can be like the colts who built a really good team and they haven't been able to figure out the quarterback position now since i mean how long ago was it that Andrew Luck retires. It's been four or five seasons. It le- legit seems like ten, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like I'm pretty sure it's four seasons ago. So yeah, it's well, tough. Yeah, I they, mean, had, they had what? They had uh, Wentz, Rivers, and Brissett. And Brissett. So, so yeah. four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, what's he up to? Is he just fishing? Is he? I haven't seen him pop up anywhere. <laughs> who's, um, that, who's that? Andrew Luck. Oh yeah, that dude. He's he's just living his life. He's just out there. I don't know. There was a picture of him recently. I think it's tough, but it's you know. If you don't figure out the quarterback position, kind of the rest of it doesn't matter. It's one of those you need. Obviously, you need everything around the quarterback as well. But to me, as long, I don't know, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse because I know you guys probably talk about Kirk Cousins too much. <laughs> no, but, no, no, go go for uh, it. We want to hear your opinion. I don't know. Uh, Unleash the wrath. So let's go. Let's go all the way back. I can I can pull up my text messages from the day the trade went. And down. just a disclaimer here: uh, Matt Lang has never made this public about his Kirk Cousins hatred. No, so no, he gets, not, no, no, he gets so the full not, rights to just vent not, right now. Let's not say hatred. Let's not say hatred. So I, there, you know, there are definitely text messages going back and forth between my 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 brother Mike, who's probably listening on the live chat. Hi, Mike. He's a big <laughs> fan. Um, he he was all about it when it happened, when the trade went down and he said, you know, we were so close, the Minnesota miracle season, the team is so good. The, uh, all the, 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 the position players, the skill players are so good. All we need is a slightly better quarterback than Case Keenum to take it to the next level. I disagreed. I thought Case Keenum in a left tackle would be better than Kirk Cousins. And I stand by that. I stand by that. Okay, That's, I love oh, it. Yeah, there you go. And and I looked. I remember at the time, like going online and looking it up. Like, all right, who's the highest paid left tackle that's available? Free agent is his contract plus what Denver paid Keenum. Yep, that's still less than what we're paying Kirk Cousins. And I don't know. I, he he's he's a, a a low ceiling, high floor guy. You know, you can win a Super Bowl with a guy like that if everything else is perfect. Trent right. Dilfer has a rank, right? But Eli everything Manning else, Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eli, Eli Manning played elite in some of those situations he, too. So, to so, be so did, frankly, so did Flacco. That's why. Right. I, that's why right. I, for a minute. That's why I always go to Dilfer. Is like Dilfer's got a ring, and you can do it if everything around you is perfect. Right. Otherwise, you need a, a floor raising quarterback. And I don't know until until we figure that out. So I, I understood why they did the extension because it'll it'll keep you in that middle ground where you're competitive. And you could maybe attract a free or you could well, get something going. But, yeah, I don't know. Until we get that figured out, you know, enjoy enjoy the wild card round or being <laughs> 9 and 8 or whatever. Wild card round? That's generous. Yeah, that is generous. Well, that's, so, that's only happened once in four years. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Well, so the one thing that we know, I, I think without a doubt at this point, 
is the Wilfs are not ready to, to like reset this roster. They're not ready to take a step back. They want no. to. So Quazy's in a situation, and, and Kevin O'Connell, they're both in a situation right now where they, they basically have to prove to the Wilfs that they were right in firing Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. So they're running it back with a similar roster. Like they brought everybody back. Sands, you know, they, they replaced Pierce with, with Phillips. Obviously, they replaced Barr with, uh, with Jordan Hicks. And then you bring in a, a, a Zadari Smith for an Everson Griffin type, you know, like those types of like re- replacements, which are improvements in some areas, right? Um, but what they want to effect- effectively prove is they were right in their decision to move on because the problem was the coaching and the leadership, not the, the players, because they know that the top end player roster is really good. There's yeah. a lot of top end talent. So yeah. I think essentially they've set Quazy set themselves up for a two year run to try to make the play. That's the the, the hard right, and, and that's the hard part is like they're not a Super Bowl. It's not a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, they're, they're not, nope. um, but they're a playoff contender. And I think if Quazy and Kevin O'Connell can fill in the gaps to be a playoff team, that that in itself is going to get them uh, extensions on their right. on their deals, and that's going to effectively prove that it was Mike Zimmer and, and Rick Spielman. So. The bar isn't that high for these guys, yeah. But the floor, the floor really is. It's got to be the seven, eight, nine level that it's you been. Can't, you can't do worse than what Zim has done. Well, no, and I, you I, can, I, but the hard part is the roster shouldn't. That's that's the part. Like yeah. you yeah, shouldn't, right. you shouldn't be that bad. But the and, and the roster based off the roster. But that the one thing I, I mentioned last night. I'm, it's not about being negative. There will be growing pains. There. This is a new staff. The new like the defense. I, Whole new defense. Whole yeah. new defense, but you're the same players who played who played under Zim for so long. So how do they adjust to the new scheme? How do they like how are they playing? Like are they do they improve with this new scheme? Do they do they take a step back? I, mean, I don't know if there's much room to take a step back, but like <laughs> well, there's plenty of room. Oh, hey, man, we're Viking fans. I mean, be careful. Right. No, no, you're, you're right, you're right. But like it, it's those areas. Like there's gonna be growing pains. And so this is the year where they should should have been given time to like effectively take their lumps. And have those growing pains so that the future is is bright, and it still could be, but yeah. But to your point, the moves they're making clearly the the intent is not. Yes, this isn't the Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Like yeah. the, the will start paying people to to lose games. That's not what's going on. So uh, <laughs> allegedly, that we know allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Um, but yeah, so the, the, clearly that they're they're making the moves to stay competitive, which is good, and it'll be more fun that way. But you know. I want I want a Super Bowl in my lifetime. You know, I'm I'm 35 now. I don't have that much longer to yes. go. It's been a long time. Um, real quick, back to uh, Zadarius Smith. Did we hear a like a structure of that deal yet? Or no? I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything okay. yet. I was just curious. Well, uh, and and along that line, and Miles, this is actually a question for you. Uh, and before I get to the question, though, just a big thanks to Matt and and Lake Monster here for hosting us tonight. Which Matt? Oh, of course, Matt not Lang. you, not <laughs> you. Lang. And you set this whole thing up, and it looks great. Matt Lang, thanks for hosting yeah. us. I mean, if you guys could see everything in here, obviously the cameras just pointed at us, but you know, we got you know, it's just a great like. Atmosphere, atmosphere, great scene here. Uh, obviously, a little chilly today, but they have a great patio. Definitely come down, check it out. Uh, you know, next nice day or on a cold day, or you know, they got a big, they got a big indoor for area. the draft show. Yeah. yeah, and for the draft show because you can see every, you can see us and the whole Lake Monster Brewery if you come down on April 29th. Oh, look, and Dave's got He's us covered got right on the screen there, uh, 5:30 to 10. And if you can't make it in person, we have an online show. Yeah, you just go. how you're watching right now. Love it, love it. So, no, absolutely, we're we're happy to have you guys. It's super fun. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's a great time. 
So, uh, Miles, so you played wide receiver. You played <laughs> yeah. cornerback, right? Uh, corner in high school, but yeah. yeah. Sure, 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 sure. So, Quasey today. What about basically... flag football? What do you play there? <laughs> Everything. So, Quasey today, Miss Preston mentioned something around the fact that, like, you know, take a look around the league. Um, everyone is, everyone's, you know, building these uh, big you know, pass rush duos, right? And how important it is to have pass rushers in this league. Um, and we've completely ignored the cornerback position so far. What are your thoughts there? I mean, what what's more important to you, you know, being a former, you know, wide receiver, defensive back, um, you, you know, what's more important to you or like, or do you agree with that philosophy? Well, so I think they help each other out. I think pass rush can help, um, can help coverage. And I think coverage helps pass rush. But I think if you can affect, if you can have an impact, on the quarterback quickly with an effective uh, pass rush, that's only going to help the your your situation. But but to your point, the hard part there is to have that sustainability. It's hard, it's really hard to sustain that um, down or down over down um, in key situations at times. And so because um, you can scheme around some of that stuff as well. So the tough part about it is you need you still need high like I'm all about coverage because I think coverage dictates everything else but at the same time if you can control the line of scrimmage that's that's why i say it's they go hand in hand like if you can control the line of scrimmage you're affecting the quarterback and if you can also control coverage you're you're affecting the quarterback so they they go hand in hand with each other but you you can't just throw anybody out there at both at, at both spots at both edge rusher and at um at cornerback and and defensive back in general so yes they need to make moves there I'm curious to see what the plan is. I, I know Quasi talked about uh, Patrick Peterson texting him and, and those things and wanting to be back. I think it's clear that Patrick Peterson, I, I kind of view it as like the Kirk Cousins situation. He expects the Vikings to pay him more than anybody else because I think if if Patrick Peterson was, was getting paid or getting offers elsewhere for more money, I think he would have taken it by now. Right. And so I think he's waiting for the Vikings to kind of meet him in the middle somewhere, which maybe they will. And I'm not saying I'm against it. Um, but... We don't know what the the plan is at corner, but I think I think what we've learned is they do view pass rush as that step before before coverage because they know what the impact is when you when you can affect affect the quarterback in that way. Um, so yeah, I, I still think that yeah, like I said earlier, they need to throw bodies at the cornerback position. Um, lots of lots of bodies. Well, like who's going to be the Ouzier this year, right? Like Ouzier was not considered good, well, in, in, yeah. in, 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 for the Cowboys, and he signed a relatively cheap deal, I think. Yeah, it was like four the, years, twenty million dollars. Super yeah, cheap, right. super cheap. So with the Bengals, and and he turned out to be, you know, definitely above his pay grade, right, in terms of his level of play. So who's going to be that guy this year, Matt? Matt? Anyone? <laughs> well, I mean, I know a name that that Miles has tossed around before, and it's it's not necessarily in the same tier that. Uh, Awuzie is, but uh, Miles has mentioned some guys such as Kyle Fuller uh, and, uh, and, and Bryce Callahan, who are Callahan, yeah, are guys that and maybe Callahan would, would fit that mold a little bit better uh, if we're going to compare him to. Well, I, so one one thing with the Callahan situation, I it's not that I don't like Fuller. I, it sounds like there's been some rift between Don Kellen and Kyle Fuller. He benched him last year, like you know, but with Callahan, he's been in that system for years. If you can bring in a player like Callahan who's been in that system and plays a difficult position like nickel, excuse me, for, for a, a good price at a fair price, like four to five million dollars or whatever that, that number would be, who again knows his system, that in turn can help the other defensive backs learn the system. When you can have a guy 
that can help teach the system to other defensive backs, that in itself goes a long way, which they don't really have. They have a Zadarius Smith who's going to help the line. I think he's going to help in the meeting rooms mm-hmm. significantly in a way, but they still need other guys that know that defense that can help speed up the learning curve. And I think that's why I think of Bryce Callahan is perfect for that. He helps speed up some of that learning curve for the defensive backs. We're going to play a quick game here, and Ryan doesn't know what's happening yet. But Hold it. Uh, he's got a list of free agent cornerbacks that are still available, um, and he's going to read them off. And I want I want Matt Lang and oh, Miles no. to go back and forth in a little battle of, of would you, won't you, or would you, oh, no. wouldn't you want them here. So, uh, oh boy, I, I think I know what the first one's going to be, but uh, I'll let Ryan go. Hold on. Right, Hold on. Wayans. Can't hear me. Sure. Yeah. Well, how how much does he cost? Well, I mean, of course, you know, that's always a big factor <laughs> here for all of these answers. So let's just say, like, yes. what, we, what we would deem as a respectable contract. Market value? Sure. Trey Wayans. Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, at this point. Sure. I mean, I guess you don't have it. You don't have I anything to I think I'm going to say yes to all of these. Well, Trey, Trey Wayans is a, is a decent player. Like, I obviously, he didn't live up to his draft pedigree, but in general, he's a good player. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. How about Stefan Gilmore? That's yeah, a bit, that's a big name. I mean, that's that's similar. I yeah. think he's better than Patrick Peterson still at this age, but not. It's not like a significant number. So if you can get him at the right price, of course. Okay. Okay. Joe Hayden. Same. I, I'm going to say the same thing about like Gilmore, Hayden, Peterson. All right. Just pick some random names then. Let's let's really mess with them. <laughs> All right. Xavier Woods. Or Rhodes, Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes. Super random, super, <laughs> random. super random. At this point, with Rhodes, probably not. But I love him. I mean, like he played so much better last year than he did with us. It was a bummer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back with the Colts, though. Yeah, probably. Chandon Sullivan, former Packers, twenty-five years old. I don't know who that is. No, nope, me either. <laughs> well, I, I, honestly, I'll say did yes. Wear, did he wear like cheap? Did he wear like number twenty-nine? Is that I something think, like that? No, I think that's who they just re-signed. Uh, no, 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 that's that's Razul Douglas. I know Rizul that. Douglas. But yeah, no, Chandler Sullivan. I think he played for them like two years ago. Hey, here's an interesting name: AJ Bouye. Oh, he was really good for the Jaguars a couple years ago. Right. Opposite, said, uh, you know, J- uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, didn't play that great, I don't think, with the Broncos. And then with the Panthers, I don't even know if he was really playing. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I read the comment. I, I can't I can hear you because uh, we got Matt Lang's mic on. But. Okay. Well, I have a question yeah. for Matt Lang. And it's not did, did my question. Did you mention the Vernon Hargraves? I did not. What do you guys think about 20, him? 26 years old, Vernon Hargraves. Uh, for the right price, I'd say yes. I mean, he's a vet yeah. type signing, so mm-hmm. whatever. Well, that was it's a uh, question of cost and what they think they can get in the draft, you know. Well, I, it's just another one of those throw throw, throw bodies at the position because they yeah. need to. Um, you said you said Bouye. I think you can get him cheaper than a lot of the other vets, like the Joe Haydens and and uh, Gilmore's and those things. So, I mean, again, why not? <laughs> sure. Well, clearly, we'll take anyone and everyone. So, send your application to the Vikings. <laughs> um. No, give me, give me. So Stephen Nelson's the guy that I think I, I've mentioned a few times. He's a guy that I would love. I would love to see what his market looks like, but he's a guy I think kind of gives you. First. He can kind of give you that that Ouija type type ability where maybe you can get him on a two three year, like twelve fourteen million dollar deal that's like effectively cheap, but cost control and like team control for a couple of years. Which the one thing I want to focus on with the team too is. It's not just about year one, one year, it's about like two and three years. And that's why, like, I, I similar, like, that's kind of why I like the Zadarius Smith move is it's, 
it's not just about one one year. It's about next year as well. And having having bodies and people accountable for for years beyond 2022, which we didn't see from the old regime because they didn't have that flexibility. Um, before we go to our our next topic, and I know Ryan already gave the shout out, but I'm going to give the uh, the the official plug here. Kevin King was solid last year, by the way. But yeah, interruption. Sorry, uh, <laughs> we're looking Crockett. for a- Crockett pisses me off. <laughs> Um, if you're looking for a great beer and a great time, head on over to Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. They make unique versions of their classic beer styles, putting their own subtle twist on the flavors of craft beer drinkers have come to love. Ranging from esoteric and approachable, subtle to over the top, their beers adhere to the philosophy that there is always more to be discovered. Did any of you guys watch uh, or listen to Quasi's Presser today? I did. Yes. All right, so two, two out of three, two out of. Sorry, I was I was brewing beer. Oh, hey, well, I running we, a business, you know. You're, when we wrap this show up, uh, we're going to end it with you and Dave uh, going back and forth because right. he's got some questions for you. All right. Um, any takeaways from the the presser today? Uh, you kind of alluded to a couple. I know that uh, the Patrick Peterson thing was one. One thing we haven't talked about is Anthony Barr. Um, well, it's because you're upset about that. That's why. I'm not necessarily upset, but uh, he. Quasi, uh, <laughs> look at the graphic on the screen. <laughs> That's hey, good. He looked. He has. He has a. He, has, a, he has the best fit of yeah. anyone in the league. Yeah, he walked he's out. He's gotten on, bigger. He's gotten swole. Like I, I, I swear, since he came to Minnesota, he's gotten a little bigger. Oh, well, he's hitting the weights, man. Yeah. Um, any other takeaways though today uh, from that presser? A lot of, a lot of uh, corporate speak we heard from from Quasi today, and I, I moving forward, he's a, he's a, a corporate type of dude. Um. But I also like some of the like sincerity that comes from him as well that we didn't hear from from Rick, um, and I also think we're going to hear more from Quasi moving forward than we did hear from Rick. Rick would appear twice and then <laughs> and then not talk not talk to anybody for for the rest of the year. So I'm excited to kind of just hear more from Quasi in that way. But what was the the term he used a lot today? It was the um it was about the timeline, like the uh. I, I, I can't. I'm trying, help I'm try, I got to find the quote. I mean, he's, if you look on the camera, he's right next to us. Why don't you? It just was the horizon. It was him? like the the horizon timeline or something, something like that. Someone's got it. I know they do. Well, while you find that, you know, one of the one of the more interesting quotes that I remember, and I actually shared it with the climb in the pocket group here in the group chat, but um, is he he said you know something to the effect of uh, not being scared of uncertainty. Which I, I, I find very interesting. I, I think that's a very valid thing that you want to um, embrace as a general manager and, and while you're building and leading a team. My question is, if you're not scared of uncertainty, I mean, and again, maybe they just thought Kirk Cousins was just the, the best option and I'm all for it. Like, again, if you think that that's what, you know, it's needed for this team, then go for it. I mean, I didn't necessarily agree with the decision. Um, I felt I felt that both um, the Wilfs and Andrew Miller and and then potentially Quasi in that and, and Kevin O'Connell in that fold were more scared of the uncertainty of what happens after Kirk than it is about Kirk's play specifically because but at the same time you know that's the decision they made I don't want to harp on it again I'm really trying not to be negative on this show um, so I appreciate that yeah there we go um, but <laughs> time you know, horizon thank you both. You know, again, looking at looking at that that quote, I just found it kind of interesting um, because it, it is something that you have to embrace. You have to embrace the unknown. You have to embrace, um, you know, wh- what what comes with you know draft picks. 
right? What comes with, um, you know, moving on from a veteran player that, you know, has been here and has contributed con- uh, consistently over the years, it's very important to be able to, to move forward. I mean, we literally just saw the Chiefs do it. The Chiefs, I mean, multiple times, right? The Chiefs took, uh, you know, went away from uncertainty and, and went and traded up to draft Patrick Mahomes. And then they went and traded away Tyree Kill, right? Like, the Chiefs are the standard and I really do hate using them, right? Because it's like they're the well, that's anomaly. you want to get to, though. They're the yeah. anomaly, but they're the anomaly for a reason. Exactly. Like you, that's what you want to emulate if you can at all. And I know it's impossible. I know Patrick Mahomes is don't grow on trees. Not everyone's as great of a play caller as Andy Reid and company. Um, so, of course, like that, that's just going to happen. But like that should be the golden standard that you want to achieve and that you want to push towards. So what you're saying is trade up for Malik Willis. Is that what we're saying? Absolutely. <laughs> well, are we going to go there tonight? No, I just I mean that's what I heard. That's what I heard him say. I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> I mean, take a shot. Have, when I think you, you have to go to one for it. So I don't know if we can afford it. I don't actually, and I don't know if he's actually going to be good. But well, you, you, but again, that's why you <laughs> take the chance. They didn't know Patrick Mahomes is going to be good, but you know they took the chance. He threw a lot of picks in college. Any other uh, uh, takeaways from from the the Quasi presser today? Well, you talked about Anthony Barr, and I think so. One thing we we knew with Anthony Barr last year, they they restructured his deal, basically gave him a like a two point nine million dollar pay cut. In turn, they added a avoidable year, and that void that uh, that contract becomes voided. Uh, I think it was the start of the league year, and it was like ten point. It's like ten something million dollars of of dead cap, and so with that. That time, the second that that deadline hit, and they didn't have any new deal with Barr, that told me that he was gone, or at least he wasn't coming back. Because unless you can get him back on like a vetman deal, you're not saving anything against the cap. So there's no like, there's no real like. Bit. I, I, I say that as like you, you'd be taking on a significant amount of cap space for Anthony Barr if you brought him back now, and it's not a super cheap deal. And so hearing Crazy basically basically shut down that situation of. Uh, a bar not coming back. I, I think it just provide provides some of that clarity for fans who I'm a big, like I, I love Anthony Barr. I think he did a lot of really good things for this team, but I think it's one of those situations where his health and just the overall like structure of the roster, it's, it's just time and it, it, it's time to move on from a guy like Anthony Barr. So um, wish him well, hope, hope, hope he's okay. But at the same time, um, it, it's time to move on from him. I think you you brought up a a really good point, which I also uh, appreciate about Quasi. Two things: one, we've heard more from Quasi uh, in the last month than I think we've heard from Rick Spielman in his whole Vikings tenure here. <laughs> uh, but the other thing too is, thank you, Ryan. An- another uh, Lake Monster Brew was just delivered to me. Uh, this one's a rare species. Um, but the other thing I love about uh, Quasi is. Today, when he was talking kind of about these tough decisions, especially with somebody like Anthony Barr, who he knows is very well respected here within this Vikings organization, he didn't just kind of blow it off and, and say like, oh, you know, I, he, he actually gave the conversation some attention and alluded to the fact that while we do have to make these decisions, there is an emotional aspect to a lot of this. And I feel like we just never got that with Rick and it's just a, it's just, it's kind of a, a breath of share that I, that I appreciate about Quasi. Wait, well, emo- emotional how, like, what do, what do you mean by that? So like the one thing I do appreciate about Quasi is coming in, he doesn't have some of the emotional baggage 
with some right. of these players that that like a Rick and Zim did. It's like, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Well, he just he just essentially said that like there are going to be emotional decisions that we're oh, going to have sure. to make, and yeah, so yeah. like he 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 alluded to the fact that there are difficult decisions when it comes to the individuals and not just the players. Yeah, and and making them people, not just numbers, and transactions. Yeah, right. transactions. Um, we have like fifteen ish minutes left. Um, Ryan, I, I booted you over to the end there because I, I know that Dave is going to have some questions here for Matt. Um, totally cool. So do you, do you have anything uh, that you want to say before I cut you off here? Oh, Ryan, Ryan and I are going to go drink. Yeah. Um, oh, you're both leaving us. All right. No, I, I, I really don't. I mean, like Lean I said, into that mic just a little bit more. How about now? Perfect. There we go. All right. Um, so I don't really have much more to say tonight. I mean, again, I, I really enjoyed Quasi's, um presser today. I thought it was, you know – for as like canned answered as it was really, um, it was good to kind of see just uh, some clarity on a couple different situations. It seemed like he was pretty open and honest about a couple other different things, uh, which again, you can appreciate. I really need to get with his stylist or whoever, uh, you know, gets him to <laughs> literally every presser he's on. Like I need that. I need that fit like that hat today. Vikings happy. Uh, I was going to turn into a fashion show. I mean, you know, I, you know, I like my clothes, so um yeah so i mean honestly it, w- it was refreshing to hear that again i'm i am happy about the zaria smith uh signing i think that was a good addition to the team again it doesn't ne- make a lot of sense to me from a, a money and age standpoint but again on-field production if he's healthy is going to be awesome uh and and i'm excited to kind of see what happens over the um between now and the next time we're at this great establishment live for our next show uh well not our next show but for the next show that we do live maybe um yeah, I, I, I'm really excited to kind of see what happens between now and then because um, I think there's going to be some positive momentum that is going to make this team um, borderline playoff, if not, you know, potentially, you know, that 7 6 All right. Uh, Miles Ryan, you are, you are released to go <laughs> uh, drink beer here. Let's go. If, if you want. Uh, we're going to wrap this show up here with Matt Lang and Dave here, kind of talking about some beer and some Lake Monster stuff. Um, and then we'll close out the show. So, Miles and Ryan, don't leave uh, before oh, I we're can, gone. can say goodbye to you. But, uh, <laughs> Ryan, your mic is officially cut off. Um, and Dave, now you out, are here. No, Miles, you're still here. <laughs> Cut me out. You're gone. Dave, yes. we haven't heard from you all show. Well, it's not it's, it's for the it's lack of trying. Well, well, yeah, um, the audience probably can hear you, but we definitely cannot over here. Um, so, but, but beside me is somebody that you've been dying to talk to uh, since this sponsorship kind of hit the market. <laughs> and so I, I've given you 10 minutes here at the end of this uh, Vikings happy hour episode uh, to, to have at it. Uh, I'm going to jump in first, Dave, because oh. I, heard, I, I heard the show a few weeks ago. And you were watching all these guys drinking drinking my beers, mm-hmm. and I, I I felt so bad I had to send you some. Oh, and I loved it. Like I said, <laughs> this dead soldier right here is my last one. Um, and I want to talk to you offline about that. But okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh this I think the partnership's great. I love it. There was a commenter earlier. Nick asked, are there any plans for Lake Monster to distribute across the country? I know (laughs) being a logistics guy in my previous life, 
that takes a lot of planning and stuff there. Do your is your business model set up for future expansion, not only in just in the Twin Cities, but outside, you know, all of Minnesota and then further and further until you grow and have distributors down here in Texas or in Florida or in Southern California, etc. Coast to coast. I, I, I hate to say it, but not really. So what's happened with the beer business is kind of the opposite, where it's actually getting more and more local. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of breweries who had those kind of plans a few years ago are actually hurting now because they expect. I don't know if you've ever heard of green flashing out of uh, San Diego. They're sort of the case study where they expanded in all 48 states. They were in San Diego. They built a second brewery in North Carolina. They're going to take over the world. <laughs> They're out of business now because in the in the years where they did that, so we started in, in, we opened this brewery in 2015. In 2015, there were about 4,000 breweries in the United States. There were about 40 breweries in Minnesota. Now Minnesota are up to 200, and we're closing in on 8,000 in the country. That wasn't that long ago, 2015. <laughs> that was, you know, what, what, what was the year of the, the Minneapolis Miracles, that 2017, 18? I mean, we're not talking that long 17, ago. 17, yeah. Um, yeah, 17, so two years before that. Um but what's happened is it's, it's become more and more and more local and people are really focused on, you go to the liquor store, there are still national brands, but it's really hard to break into that marketplace. So I'm sorry to all the fans in Arizona and Texas <laughs> and everything else. Our focus is really, we are statewide in Minnesota. Uh, we do have a distributor that distributes us statewide. So if you're in Duluth or, or East Grand Forks or whatever, not East Grand Forks. Yeah. East Grand Forks or, uh, you know, Bemidji or whatever. Our beer is up there. Uh, we're all around the state, but we're, we're sticking with Minnesota for now, is the short answer. <laughs> I got you. Hey, hey. And, and there was, when I lived out on the East Coast in Virginia, I was waiting for Stone Brewery to come up. They were opening a brewery in Virginia yeah. to compete with, um, what is it, uh, the Boston, the big macro micro. Sam yeah, Adams. Sammy's, and uh, and they still hadn't had it built by the time I left there, and so no, I appreciate the small brewers. Got tons of them here down in Austin. Well, yeah, and, you're you're down in Austin. You know, I was there in uh, 2020 in February before the the plague started, and uh, <laughs> with my wife and my son went around and yeah, the Zilliker Brewing and Austin uh, Beer Garden Brewing Company. We went out to. Um, Family oh, brewery? What's the sour? Yes, we went there. What's the sour brewery that's out of town? Uh, Jester oh. King. Yes. Have you have you been, have you been out to Jester King? I have not been to their brewery yet. I've tried their beer, but it's I haven't a, been. To uh, it's it's an experience. It's it's. <laughs> I'll have to put it on I mean, the list. Like, yeah, it's like forty minutes outside of town, mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of nowhere. They have like a little compound out there, but it's 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 yeah. If you like sour beers, holy cow! But yeah, so like. In Austin, there's so many good beers. Mm-hmm. We could send beer down there. We might sell a little bit to the fine viewers of this program. But there's so much local. It's it's, it's hard to compete because there's local, local, local everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, uh, you talk about how beer has grown. I fell in love with good beer when I was stationed in England in the mid-'80s. Right? There we go. We're in England. I was Gloucestershire out at Aria Fairford. Out in the, in the okay. Cotswolds, right? We had yep 
all just beautiful over there. And the beer was I've actually been yeah. fantastic. And I had my favorite brewery. They since been bought out by Mbev and they've gone to garbage. But um I came back and all we had in the States were the macros. Right? And they they didn't cut it anymore. Absolutely. Folks, once you have really good beer, and now we're lucky in the United States makes really good beer, like Lake Monster, they brew good stuff. But if you grew up on nothing but the macros that we get here, they go over there and see good beer, you come back and you're wanting, right? And it's just like, oh, come on. This other stuff is gross. I got into home brewing for quite a while. And uh, yeah. So I could make the ales I wanted and the taste and everything else. And I am so happy over this last decade that the micros have exploded. And and it's been a little bit longer than that once they started getting going. But, I mean, they've really exploded that you can get good beer. And there's nothing like, especially if you're in St. Paul, going down to – Lake Monster Brewery, as your local pub, having friends there, making memories, and combining that with just absolutely fantastic products that you make, there's nothing better in life. It's just, you know, the only thing better would no. be a Super Bowl to go with it. Well, that would be sure be nice. No, and, and getting are we f- calling out a Super Bowl like climbing the pocket party here already? If that happens, man, we're having no question. No, <laughs> all the kegs question. are going to get untapped. No question. I'll brew a special beer. We'll do the whole thing. Let's go. No, but it's it's and and the other thing too about it is is getting it fresh, which is also yes. huge. So you were in Gloucester, you were in the Cotswolds. You had your favorite local brewery. It's funny you mentioned England. My I, I spent a month in England. Uh, my dad. It's a long story. He did a te- he's a high school English teacher. He did a mm-hmm. teaching exchange. I was I was 21. I spent a month over there. He was in St Albans, which is outside of London, right. but had it was you know the oldest pub in the UK is there. It's called Ye Old Fighting Cocks because they used to have cock fights there back right. in the day. And yeah, and they have all the local roosters here with the roosters, pole. roosters. Yes, cock fights. Yes, they, yeah, they call them cocks over there. But, you know, the ceiling's like this tall right. and the whole thing. And, yeah, so I, I fell in love with that pub culture over there, too, and the, and those great beers. And, and similar, you know, I, I started out home brewing and, and got into it, you know, when I graduated uh, from college with an English degree and couldn't really find a, a straight job. I started working at, a, at the local brewery in Madison, Wisconsin. Shout out to Asylum. And, uh, you know, was working on the bottling line. And they were growing, and it was like, all right, now we're going to teach you how to do this, and now we're going to teach you how to do that. And I'm a quick learner, and next thing you know, I'm up on the up on the brew house doing stuff. So it was, that's that's how I got started. But it was it was a similar. I mean, I I was was homebrewing in college, and and yeah, it's 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 great that it is great that we have just about anywhere. I can't think of any any decent sized town in the country. There's probably a, a local brewery that that's a good chance that the stuff they're making is pretty solid. And it, and, it, and literally it. To me, it enriches your life. Uh, I know some people don't like alcohol, but the whole idea, yeah. if you do, and go to the, your local breweries. They sell other stuff besides their beer or distilleries. And their, we got kombucha, you know, we got seltzer, we got all that good stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't find a bunch of better people enjoying themselves, enjoying their lives, having a good time. It's and they had that culture in England. That's one of the reasons I loved it yeah. so much. 
Yeah. And, and you get to know your neighbors. You get to know everybody around. It's good. You, you can't beat that with a stick. And literally, I'm glad you guys, you know, that we're partners. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're glad to be doing this. I mean, these guys reached out to us, and it was a cool thing. And and being a big Vikings fan myself, it seems like a natural natural fit. Well, well I, 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 I share Dave's sentiment. I, I, I have enjoyed this sponsorship through one month. And I think I will continue to enjoy it. It's got to go at least another month and a half till the draft. So absolutely, you don't have a choice. (laughs) So, uh, before we before we call this a show here, um, is there anything, Matt, that Matt Lang? I got I got I know people know it's me who's talking, but I I still got to make the the specifics here. We should Um, come up with nicknames or something. Yeah, sure, sure. What do you want to be called? The brewmaster. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it off there. Oh yeah, yeah, we could call you brewmaster. Brewmaster Matt. Brewmaster Matt. That brewmaster works. Matt. That works. Let's that works. Go. Um, is there anything uh, that's coming up for Lake Monster outside of climbing the pocket? Of course, that that you want to that, that you guys want to plug quick. Man, well, for those of you who are are here in Minnesota, um, we've got the the new thing that's coming out uh, is a new t- mixed twelve pack, which apparently, according to our distributors, what everyone wants is the bigger boxes with more stuff in them so we did we have our our monster medley which is four different beers in it and we're coming out with a couple different mixed 12 packs as kind of seasonals throughout the year so the first one i literally just loaded it on the truck today so it should be in the liquor stores by end of the week and, and into next week is our fruit and sour mixed pack so cool. that's got our splendid things pink lemonade ale, our raspberry sour and our apricot goes um apricot goes is a is a favorite of mine um so if you if you are in not not everybody likes the fruity beers, I'm I'm more of a fruit beer sometimes. My business partner Matt Zanetti is a fruit beer all day all the time. If it's afternoon, he's drinking fruit beer. So so he loves he's he's loving the the new mixed twelve pack here. Um, so if you're into those or you know you know somebody in your life is into those, um, this is a good way way to get three different uh, the smorgasbord of the different fruit fruit sours we have. So I love it. That's that's an exciting new thing. And then the apricot goes is also coming out in six pack or yeah six packs that'll be beginning of april so that's kind of the next seasonal and we've got your legmonsterbrewing.com you can always see follow us on socials you can see all the new releases we got new cans coming out every month in the tap room we've also got our pilot system which is our little small we got the big tanks here we got the little tiny tanks to mix new stuff so there's always new stuff on tap we had the irish stout last week i've got a new lager going on soon we're just always cranking out new stuff so come on down check the social media we always got exciting stuff coming on Fantastic. Well, Matt, on behalf of Climbing the Pocket, I, uh, I, I'm just thank you for coming on tonight. Of course, thank thanks you for, for having me. I hope I, hope I didn't embarrass myself. No, no, man, I think you killed it, and I still, I'm still sticking on your, uh, your, your Justin Jefferson paving the way for the wide receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to. I go. thought that's where you were going, and then you went a different way, so well, I had to jump in. I know. tend to that do that sometimes. You can, but it, it, it was a solid point. So uh, when we're back here in, 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 in here for the draft, you can absolutely hop on um and just drink some beer and, and chat with us as well so i'm gonna watch a bunch of malik willis tape to get ready yeah i would not watch that I, <laughs> you might want to watch porn, but porn <laughs> is, okay all right um with that being said uh if you have not subscribed to climb in the pocket yet please go and do so um we have a lot of draft coverage especially on this show coming up uh starting next week and i might actually have to see if we might if we can come back here uh thor nystrom of NBC Sports Edge is a Twin Cities local, and I think it would be really cool to potentially do another live show here next week since it so well 
this week. So mm-hmm. stay tuned on that. But after that, um, Daniel House of Gophers Guru, uh, Chrissy Freud as well from the NFL Draft Network, I believe she's from. Uh, and so we just we have you covered coming up here on Vikings Happy Hour. So make sure you're subscribed. Turn the notifications on. Drink Lake Monster here if you're in the cities. Um, and yeah, Dave, thank you for producing from Austin tonight. Um, and and let the folks know what's coming up next, and uh, then you can send us home. What's coming up next is tomorrow night we have Vikings Hot Takes with the great Flip Maze. You got that, Donnie? You going to be there? And uh, Eric Norseman, or Eric Thompson is Daily Norseman. He should have his mustache shaved off by now. Other than that, or his wife's probably castrated him. After that, Saturday, we have myself and Darren Campbell up in the Great White North, and we're going to wrap things up for the week and look ahead to see where the Vikings are going. What's the plan? Are we going to, as Miles said tonight, pick up three cornerbacks for $8 million, etc.? Who knows? And then we'll start to roll into the next week, see how free agency starts to wind down. We get into third-tierish players, and we prep for the draft. Yeah, baby. Everything's live. Everything's awesome. If there's something that comes up and some of the guys want to do a sit rep, we'll have that as well. But I do want to thank Matt once again, Matt and Matt, for a fabulous show. And what do we say, guys? Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.